What, we some kind of suicide squad? I am Iron Man. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Server Anakin, I have the high ground. I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. I'm simply saying that life uh, finds a way. Welcome back to the Big Movie Boys podcast, the only podcast that can slam dunk a basketball from half court. I'm your host, Jeremy Bauman, and with me as always is Ben, come on and slam Stitch. What's up? And Bob, welcome to the Jam Lebel. How you doing? We've got a lot to talk about this week, including a nostalgia trip back to 1996 to discuss Space Jam. But first, a new war is starting between distribution companies and movie theater chains as this pandemic is potentially changing the way movies will be released moving forward. But before we even get into that, a quick thank you to everyone who listened to our first episode. We exceeded our incredibly low expectations, so thank you all for giving this new podcast a chance. Also, if you missed it, we did add a bonus video If you enjoyed Bob's movie pitch from our first episode, we went ahead and did a visualization of that pitch, if you will. So that's on the Big Movie Boys YouTube channel if you want to look for that. Thank you again for listening. Hopefully you enjoy the second episode. We got a lot of good stuff planned for you moving forward, so we hope you'll stick around. But with all that being said, let's see if Bob did his homework this week. Bob, what is going on between AMC Movie Chain and Universal, the distribution production company? Damn, putting me on the spot. Basically, Trolls World Tour, whatever shit movie came out, I guess did really good on that video-on-demand platform that they have. And they're talking about now releasing all their movies going forward, also on on video-on-demand, as well as having them in theaters. And obviously, all the movie theaters are pretty fucking pissed off about it, because if you're just releasing the movie and people can watch it at home, they're not going to come to the theater anymore. That is pretty much the summation. Uh, It started with Universal Pictures in particular. They're the ones who released Trolls uh, Trolls World Tour, whatever it's called, which had $100 million in digital sales over the first three weeks, obviously. Which is wild, because we all said that (laughs) the $20 was stupid, and we were clearly wrong right away. I couldn't believe that that many people fucking bought that movie and watched it. I mean, it's a kid's movie, so... You got to keep the kids entertained. For comparison, Trolls, the 2016 movie that I assume is the prequel to Trolls World Tour. What that... is it even about? Trolls World Tour? Like, what does that mean? I think they're like rock artists or something. I have what no the idea. Fuck? <laughs> it says a children's movie about rock critic infighting. So it's something about that. What the fuck? Yeah, maybe we should spend the $20 and watch it. I'm intrigued. Uh, comparing the numbers to the original Trolls, which I also have no idea what that movie's about, but it had an opening weekend of just under $50 million and then totaled $350 million roughly worldwide after its theatrical release. So after three weeks, it's already made almost a third of that just from VOD rentals at home. Obviously, Universal's pretty happy with those numbers. Then their CEO came out with a statement saying that they were considering doing day-and-date theatrical release and in-home VOD rental releases on the same day. AMC was the first one to step out and say, the fuck you are, because if you're not going to play nice, we're not going to show your movies. I don't know, Ben, what do you think about all this? I don't know. I was I was seeing it from both sides. So, like, obviously you'd be pissed if you're, the like, in charge of AMC and Regal because you want the people coming to the movie theaters and having the, the exclusive rights. 
But like, I also understand it from Universal. If you're going to make that much money, it's like, holy shit, maybe we should just do both if we're going to make that much money. But my thinking is, if there's not a quarantine in a worldwide pandemic, how many people are actually going to spend the $20 to rent it at home, you know? Maybe they just would rather go out and see it. So long term, I don't know. I know movie theaters are kind of just in this new way of life. Like, they don't know really where they're going to be in like five, ten years. But I don't know. Like, for me, if I want to really see the movie, I'd rather see it on the big screen. But so I think going forward, they should have it like just exclusively in movie theaters. I think it's stupid to try to just like start this big war right now. It's tough, though. Like, I don't know. Like, it's such a weird. I don't know where I stand on it because I totally, like Ben said, I also see both sides. And I mean, it totally works for a movie like Trolls World Tour because, like, can you imagine if you had, like, three or four obnoxious ass kids and you have to take them to the movie theater? You gotta give them fucking popcorn. They gotta go to the bathroom. They gotta, like, it's probably a nightmare as a parent to bring all your fucking shitty kids to the theater to watch some stupid movie (laughs) they wanna see. So, like, yeah, like, if I was a parent and I had kids, I was like, oh, fuck, I can just watch it at home and, like, like, I, I don't have to drag all these idiots into the car and take them to the theater. Like, I'd be pretty ecstatic about that. But when, like, it comes to other movies, like, I don't know, like, I think I would want to see, like, a big blockbuster in theaters. Like, like if this happened, like, say this became the norm going forward, that, like, movies were, would be released and you could rent them at home, too. Like, I wouldn't want to watch something like Avengers Endgame you know, on, like, like, living room couch, you know what I mean? Like, I need to go to the theater for something like that. So it's, like, hard because I see, like, it can be a pro and it can be a con, like, both ways. Like, it's just tough. I don't know where I stand with it. To me, it's just kind of stupid that they're using it right now to, like, pit the, like, movie theaters against them. It just seems like a dumb time to bring it up. Yeah, like, why even say it? Definitely in this time of uncertainty where you can't predict what the future of movie distribution is going to look like. Um, should be noted that other distribution companies have been doing this as well. We talked about Scoob last week. That's a Warner Brothers, Warner Media property. Disney canceled the Artemis Fowl theatrical release. That's just going to go to Disney Plus instead. Um, it was just Universal that made the statement saying that they were looking to continue doing this moving forward. AMC's retaliation of saying, well, then we're not going to show your movies in theaters, that affects, like Bob was saying, big blockbuster movies like F9. I would very much like to get drunk and go see F9 <laughs> in a theater. I'm not super excited about the prospect of only being able to watch it at my house. Because if I get drunk and watch it at my house, that's a lot more sad than getting drunk and seeing it in the theater. (laughs) But then, to Bob's point as well about Trolls being maybe a movie that this fits that model for, I think that that's kind of an interesting idea where there may be just different caliber of, of movie that some of them go exclusively to theaters the traditional way. You got your 90-day theatrical window before you can buy it on DVD or before it goes to streaming or anything like that. But then there's other movies that maybe traditionally would have gone straight to VHS, straight to DVD, straight to streaming, that now do this $20, 48-hour rental window model instead. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I feel like that might be like the move going forward if there's like a separation between the big blockbusters and then just you know your random shitty kids movie i feel like that's that's where this does work the the best is your shitty kids movie you know what i mean like that it's available that you can get it at your home and more like independent films like that don't do well in theaters and like kind of have longer legs just like on cable like just movies like that 
I think maybe that would be better for that too. Just give people like a two day window to maybe want it. And then they're like, Oh shit, I do want to buy it. Cause I want to be one of the first ones to see it. And then after that, like it goes to streaming after a couple months for free or whatever. But there's also, I wanted to ask you guys, cause I think between the three of us, I go to the theater most often. Uh, I forgot to pull it up, but I think I went to the theater like 20 times last year. Probably only saw 10 different movies because I am a maniac who just goes to rewatch Marvel movies over and over and over again in theaters. But do you think the average person, you know, they're not a big movie boy. They don't claim to be. They're just an average show. I don't know those people. I don't see them. I see <laughs> They're invisible to me. Do you think that those people, they don't see the value in going to a theater? They just think, I'm just paying money to see this movie before it comes to streaming or dvd or whatever they don't see the value of the bigger picture the higher quality picture the higher quality sound obviously there's negatives to going to a theater which is other jackasses on their phone and talking and stuff like that but do you think that that factors into just most people's thoughts as to whether or not they're going to see a movie in theaters or not that's interesting because that's totally true there definitely are people that wouldn't care at all. They're like, oh, I want to see this movie. Like, I don't care if I watch it in the theater or I watch it at my house. You know what I mean? They just want to see it. So, yeah, I, I, I would agree. I think that that is probably, there are definitely people out there that feel that way. I think They're not like, my that, people, though. Like, that's like, I only go like four or five times a year, and usually it's not to see a movie five times like you, Jeremy. But it's like, so for me, and with the uncertainty of like the pandemic going forward, like things opening up, like I'll probably be weary about going to a movie theater for a while. So like maybe it is smarter just to like do both for the time being and see like you pro- they probably make more money. And I understand the movie theater is being upset about it, but you just kind of have to understand like the evolving situation and how people are going to be more afraid to go to movie theaters just in general going forward. Dude, that's so true, Ben, because I can't think of like the last place on earth I'd want to be right now than. Right? That would be a movie theater. That's got to be, yeah, that's terrifying. It's like movie theater and amusement park are the last two places that I want to go for like the last for the next two years until shit is actually back to normal. Safe, I would like. Yeah. I think that's all something that obviously all these companies are going to consider. I do think it's a ballsy move for Universal this early to just claim that this is going to be their new model going forward. I wouldn't be surprised for them to retract that, or at the very least, modify it. I think they already did, yeah, right? The president said something, and then they had a spokesperson kind of walk it back, saying we're still looking at all avenues, but it's just funny to me that the president sees, like, oh, Trolls World Tour did this? Well, we'll make bank doing other movies. If Trolls World Tour did it, then every movie following will do the same. (laughs) Exactly. That's the hill you want to die on. Bulletproof logic. Well, we'll definitely have to keep our eyes on this story. I think it'll definitely evolve over time. But until then, let's talk about a movie that we did watch either on streaming or DVD, and we'll get into why some of us streamed it and some of us watched it on DVD in a minute. Um, Obviously, we're talking about Space Jam, but let's first talk about why we even decided to watch Space Jam. Now, you may be thinking it's because they just announced the new Space Jam remake title, but we didn't choose Space Jam because of that. They chose to release that information because we were going to watch Space Jam this week. We are actually the trendsetters in this situation. Facts. We wanted to watch Space Jam because the Last Dance documentary is out. Obviously, Michael Jordan is back in the cultural zeitgeist again. I haven't actually started it yet. I'm by far the least, uh, the smallest basketball fan, I guess, in the room. But you guys are caught up on it. What are your just your general impressions? We won't 
stay on this topic for too long, but what do you guys think of it so far? For me, like, I just, I'm obviously a huge LeBron fan, and we're too young to ever, like, really watch Michael Jordan. I only remember watching him in, like, Wizards games. But, like, he, watching this, it just, it shows, like, how big of a badass he is. And then it's just kind of almost funny to see him in a kid's movie because he's saying fuck every other word, I feel like, in the in the documentary. He's, he's got the cigar. He's got his whiskey. He's just such a cool dude, I feel like. And then you go and watch this movie, and it's just a totally different side of him. It's just funny to see. But the documentary just almost, like, it, it just shows, like, how lethal of a basketball player it was and really shows, like, why he's considered the greatest of all time. Dude, for me, the the documentary is just like it's it's such a cool look into like what it was like like sports in the '90s. Because like, I mean, I was we were all we we're all basically the same age. I was born in '95, and like, I don't I don't remember watching Michael Jordan in his prime, right? Like, I like I never got to see that, and like, just it's just to like look back at the '90s and the way sports were around that time is just like so like it, it's interesting to me. Like like you'll see some of the shots from the arena and there's a big marlboro cigarettes like banner right across it you know what i mean like things like that you never see anymore it's just like how different it was in the 90s compared to it, the way it is today and just like to get a look into like how famous michael jordan actually yeah. was like i i mean obviously we know who he is he's probably one of the most famous people in the world but like when he was in his prime back then being everywhere like like it's just crazy to see how famous this guy actually he, was and when he's playing against like other people and like uh he plays against, I think it's France, right? A, a team in France. The, yeah. the Bulls go over and play in France. And uh, the, the other team's asking him for autographs like at, as the game's ending. It's just wild that that's how popular he was, that other people are like, this is going to be my only chance to meet him. I need to make the most of it. Yeah. I mean, shit, they, made a, they put him in a movie. Like, that's how, <laughs> that's how popular he was. It's just mind-blowing. And this guy is the most hyper-competitive person in the world. It's just crazy to see, like, his mental grind and just like how much more mentally tough and just because he was so good, this guy, I mean, it was crazy. Just like, it's just interesting to, to look back on this guy, like obviously in a time that we weren't around to witness it. So this is the next best thing I would say. Yeah, And, and they show like all the highlights, uh, like a lot of the highlights from like his finals runs or whatever. And he, he was so good. And like some people have the view, like the nineties were tougher. And then some people have the view, like, like people evolved basketball's gotten better so like that's why people are better now who knows how good he would have been today but you could just tell he he was just so far like better than everyone else at that time and like yeah. that's that's what you that's what we have to look at we just know he was that much better than everyone else like yeah lebron like during his prime was a lot better than everyone else but i don't i don't think it was ever as like the margin was ever as wide as it was for jordan against his competition totally agree it it is it is a wild to see this guy you know, work his craft. It's, it's unbelievable. I definitely intend on watching it at some point. Again, I just haven't gotten around to it yet. My personal Michael Jordan knowledge basically begins and ends with Space Jam. That's basically all you need, actually. Yeah, every, everything that happens in there is true, so that's all you need. To, <laughs> the need title to sequence has a lot of its highlights, so I feel like I basically did watch the documentary. I know there's still several episodes left. I'm not sure if you've gotten to the point where he... Uh, participates in the Space Jam game yet or not, or if that's coming up in a future episode. No, that must be a future episode because uh, that that was more historic. I think him beating an alien an alien team to save uh, the Looney Tunes had to be more important than any of the six championships he won. I mean, I would say so, just from my perspective. But what do I know? Um, maybe we'll bring up the Last Stand stock again in a few weeks when it all wraps up. Maybe I'll have watched it by then. But let's actually jump into Space Jam now. 
If you don't remember, Space Jam came out on November 15th, 1996, a date in which none of the big movie boys had had their first birthday yet. Wow, good, good. I think good I research two, there. I was two weeks old, I think. Uh, directed by Joe Pitka, who doesn't really have any other feature directing credits. He did a lot of like music videos and commercials and stuff. Uh, written by f- four different writers, two pairs of writers came together because that's how much brain power they needed for this 90-minute kids <laughs> movie. Was it even 90 minutes? It felt like it says it was like, like 85. Minutes. Yeah, there's it was, no it way it was like, 90 minutes. Because if you include the title sequence where it's just all Michael Jordan highlights and then the end where it's just like the credits, I think it was actually like an hour and 15 minutes. Well, that didn't stop these four heroes from joining forces to write this movie. I'm talking about Leo Benvenuti and Steve Rudnick. That pairing also collaborated on movies such as Kicking and Screaming and The Santa Claus. And then that pair partnered with Timothy Harris and Herschel Weingrad. Those two worked on Twins, Kindergarten Cop, and a few others. Obviously, this movie stars Michael Jordan, Bugs Bunny, Wayne Knight, and quick aside, are we just going to refer to Wayne Knight as Newman for this entire discussion? <laughs> yes, Dude, absolutely. I didn't know his real fucking name. I was, <laughs> you said Wayne Knight. I was like, who the hell is Wayne Knight? <laughs> he should just be Newman. He should have been Newman, Newman in the show. He's still like a fuck up in this movie, too. So I do like his name, though, in the movie Stan Podolak. Like, that was I took just <laughs> such a, a putsy name. Like, I was like, that's a perfect name. But, but no, he's Newman. We'll only call him Newman. And then I think my favorite actor in this movie is Bill Murray. So I'll just throw that out there. We can get more into that later. But Bill Murray is hysterical. Like he literally is. I was crying. When we get into it, there was a scene that I had to rewind and listen to him say it again. It was so fucking funny. (laughs) We will get into our takes on this movie. Um, We're not worried about spoilers for this discussion. It's an almost 25-year-old movie that I think everyone on the planet has seen 10 times. Um, but we are what we are going to do is I had an idea that you know we'll we'll all have our opinions. We tend to agree with each other. You know we are all friends. That's not that big of a surprise that we tend to have similar tastes in movies. But we don't even know our opinions of it yet. And I wanted to just set the bounds. What are the extreme ends that our opinions might fall between? So to do that, I went on IMDb, I went to the user reviews, I found a review where someone rated it 1 out of 10, and a review where someone rated it 10 out of 10. So I figured we could read those, look at the two extremes, we'll figure out where our personal takes fall in between those. So let's start with Bob, he's going to read the review where someone rated it 1 out of 10. Alright, uh, this is a 1 out of 10 movie review entitled A Monstrosity. Space Jam could could have been way better than they had made it. It more like the originals, but then Michael Jordan wouldn't have been needed in the film, dot, dot, dot. So it's not a good Looney Tunes movie, not to mention Lola is disgusting. I don't go for lewd cartoon rabbits, Warner Brothers. There you have it. A very impassioned negative review seems to be hung up on the fact that there was a lewd cartoon rabbit. Hard to read that. That was something about the way that was written was uh, didn't flow well. That's going to be a similarity between both of these reviews. Uh, the writing style is uh, not that great, but that, so we'll call that the extreme negative end. If you really hated this movie, if you really hated lewd cartoon rabbits, you might agree with that review. Let's see what Ben has for a ten out of ten review. 
All right, here we go. It's just titled Michael Jordan dot dot dot. Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny team up to create a masterpiece of galactic proportions. The mix of real life and cartoon is flawless, and Michael Jordan's kids are cute. The Looney Tunes team is the perfect comedic relief needed for the oppression of the monsters. Bill Murray is definitely good. He sweats a lot as well, which is good as well. <laughs> Weird writing there. Michael Jordan's epic slam dunk at the end when he stretches his arm across the entire basketball court in the cartoon world against the Monstars is definitely his best slam dunk ever, dot, 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 even beating the classic Air Jordan. And he's a bad baseball player. That's why he returns to basketball. Muggsy Bogues, Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, and Sean Bradley are good. Larry Bird is an impressive golfer. I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky. Think about it every day and night. I spread my wings and fly away. I believe I can soar. See me running through that open door. I believe I can fly. I believe I can fly. Wow. Glorious review. Jesus, I have chills. So we'll call that the other extreme. If you felt <laughs> so passionately about this movie that you wrote the lyrics to the title song in your review. Wrong. I think you got one of the lyrics wrong. <laughs> I don't know. This might have been Michael Jordan reviewing the movie. We cannot confirm nor deny if that's true. Can you reread that part about um, the sweat? I will, yes. Without Bill Murray sweating? I didn't catch that right. He goes, Bill Murray is definitely good. He sweats a lot as well, which is good as well. (laughs) Why (laughs) is is that good that he sweats? Whoever wrote this, uh, (laughs) I don't think they they attended any universities. I don't recall him sweating that much in the film, though. So what the fuck are they talking about? I think he he did at the end when he had to to help uh, Michael Jordan make that last play when he he gets the steal, I think, and passes it to him. But he's sweating a little bit. But uh, I didn't think it was good. Or it was just, it just happened. Yeah, what? <laughs> you wouldn't, you weren't going to mention that in your review of the movie? I didn't have any real thoughts about Bill Murray sweating and whether or not it was good or bad. Well, now that we have the extreme ends of our, the spectrum that our reviews can fall in, I will ask you guys first, what is your personal history with Space Jam? Obviously, it's a beloved children's movie. Came out the same year we were born roughly um how many times have you seen it what was your nostalgia before re-watching it again as a big movie boy that's uh that's dude for me you i mean you hit the nail on your head or on the head it is a uh a childhood classic and i i couldn't even begin to guess how many times i've seen this movie i had it on dvd before i had it on dvd i would go to the library and rent the vhs copy of it i would watch it all the time and then i got wow. a dvd special edition of it like a four disc collector set of of space jam which i i didn't even know that was possible there's barely um, enough content to fill one <laughs> disc what did they do with the other three i don't know it's all i've all the behind the scenes stuff about like how it was made and everything on this four disc collectors set and i watched it all the time i i, I can't i've probably seen this movie like 50 or 60 times but i haven't seen it in a, a few years so being able to go back and rewatch it it just like brought me back. You know what I mean? Like there's flaws in the movie and you can say that it's not the greatest, but like to me, I see right through them and I, I fucking love this movie. Yeah. For me, I, I've probably seen it around 10 times in my life. And yeah, like, like most of it is the nostalgia of watching it, like through the lens of your childhood self. And I do love the movie, (laughs) the flaws. It's just funny watching it as an older person. Now you just like, how, how is this even basketball? What are they? It's just like a huge fight. I don't know. But, you do see right through it and like i love daffy duck so much in this movie he makes me crack up the entire time yeah daffy duck is fucking hysterical (laughs) i love that so much him and bugs bunny are like 
I was never really a, like a Bugs Bunny or Looney Tunes guy. Like I, I would throw it on when I was a kid, but it wasn't like my favorite cartoon or anything. But seeing them, it just makes me laugh. Th- those two characters are really funny to me. Yeah, for me personally, this may be the sixth time I've seen this movie. I don't like I definitely remember watching it. I remember liking it. I definitely had some nostalgia baked in for it. I don't know that I've seen it nearly as many times as Bob, maybe as many times as Ben. Um, but I was excited to rewatch it. You know, I, I figured I'd be watching it through a more adult critical lens. But at the same time, I was still having fun with it. I didn't want to not like it watching it again a couple days ago. I thought it held up better for the most part than I was expecting. I, I wasn't sure if I was going to like it as much this time around, but I still enjoyed every minute of it. And I, I must not have seen it recently because there's a few jokes that made me laugh out loud that I never would have understood <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> So I think that that's something that like Looney Tunes is known for is being like a kid's show, but there's jokes for adults in there as well so that everyone can get something out of it. And I think that style of humor comes through in this movie, obviously being a Looney Tunes movie, but um, there's definitely not necessarily like lewd or inappropriate jokes, but jokes that I think only adults would understand that I appreciated now being that it's probably the first time I've seen this movie as an adult. So I guess we'll get into any specific scenes, specific moments that were either better than you were expecting or remembered or worse than you were expecting or remembered them being. There was one, you just said lewd, and it brought me back to the, the review with when he was talking about Lola Bunny. That's, I don't know who like got away with that, where they just made this character. She was like very like over-sexualized for a kid's movie. That was kind of weird. The scene that I that I completely went over my head as a kid when she, like, says, like, don't call me doll to Bugs Bunny, then Bugs Bunny stiffens up like a boner. <laughs> oh, I was watching that, I was like, what? How did they let this happen? Obviously, a kid wouldn't understand that, but, like, it's clear as day what they're implying with that. And I'm like, I was just in shock. I was like, how did I never know, like, what, what was happening in front of me? That's hysterical. I... <laughs> yeah, as a kid, you would never think of that. My, like, I, my more specific, just my favorite line of the movie i think is when they're about to they're at the end of the game and uh daffy duck goes hey mike do you have any more of that uh that uh the special juice or whatever michael's uh secret recipe or whatever and uh michael goes it was just water it was inside of you the entire time and daffy goes yeah i knew that but but do you have any more (laughs) (laughs) i lose my shit when he says that it's so funny to me there's that 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 uh that daffy moment and then the other one that I just remembered was when he says something about Looney Tunes being the sole property of Warner Brothers, and he has a Warner Brothers logo taped to his ass, and then he kisses his own ass. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, Daffy Duck is, is very funny in this movie, but I think, without a doubt, the funniest character is Bill Murray. The, the, line, that I was talking, the line I was talking about earlier that I had to rewind, because I was like, one, I didn't understand it. I don't know why he ever said that. It was so strange. They were talking about uh bill murray playing in the nba and michael jordan's like you can't play and he's like why is it because i'm white <laughs> and he's like <laughs> and then michael jordan larry's like, white no, larry's white and then and bill murray's like larry's not white he's clear <laughs> like what is that Dude, that line was so funny I had to rewind it. I don't know what it did. This, this, it went right to my funny bone, dude. Bill Murray is hysterical. Like every time he opens his mouth in this movie, I just laugh. I don't even know why. Like uncontrollably, everything this guy does is funny to me. 
if we're on Bill Murray moments, then there's two that stood out for me, and it's when he he joins the basketball game at the very end. He just shows up out of nowhere, and Daffy Duck is the one who calls him out. He's just like, "How did you get here?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm friends with the producer." Like just <laughs> totally like breaking the fourth wall, just like yeah. not even trying to make a joke. He's just like, "I'm friends with the producer of this movie that you're watching, and that's why I, I just showed up <laughs> for no other reason." So and then in that same scene when he shows up, uh, Danny DeVito, who plays the, I don't know the bad guy's name. Jared, sorry to cut you Jerry off. Krause. Sorry, sorry to cut you off, Jared, because uh, I have to, I've got to put my hand up on this one. I've seen this movie, like I said, 50 or 60 times. I just realized that that guy is played by Danny DeVito. There you go. Learn something yeah. I was every watching, time. I was watching, I was like, is that fucking Danny DeVito? <laughs> <laughs> I somehow didn't know. I have no but, idea how I didn't realize it was Danny DeVito. Bob, and you're watching the doc, so isn't it funny how he kind of looks like the Bulls general that, manager? Who that Jordan is very clearly, <laughs> yeah, very clearly Jerry Krause. Like, that was a not-so-subtle dig at Jerry Krause. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, just to finish my last point here, was uh, Bill Murray comes out and Danny DeVito's like, I didn't know Dan Aykroyd was in this flick. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I, I never understood that joke any other time I watched this movie, but yeah. it made me laugh this time, so... Uh, would go ahead then. No, I was just gonna say the overall premise of this movie has to be one of the all-time like acid trips. How the fuck did they <laughs> get there? <laughs> they, the two. So you had the two sets of writers. Obviously, I never knew there were two sets of writers. But they must have been like, guys, you know what? We don't really know each other. What if we take a little acid, take the take the edge off? We'll we'll figure some stuff out. And then they came up with this, and we're like, it's fucking gold. We got it. It is an insane concept. If you like, actually, just like go step by step. Like, yeah, Michael Jordan is gonna team up with the Looney Tunes in a basketball game to against a fucking alien race that has a theme park for whatever reason. And like, like what? It doesn't make any sense. It definitely feels like they had a starting point, and then they would write themselves into a corner, and they're like, "All right, well, we can't." go back and change anything we've written so far. So we just need to come up with a solution. We can't go back. We only have Michael Jordan for a certain amount of time. We have to get this movie made. That's what it felt like. Uh, What'd you guys feel about the animation, live action, how it all flowed together? Did it hold up better or worse than you remember? It wasn't bad. Like, I I don't know. Like, you think about it and you're like, oh, a live action mixed with animation in the mid-90s? Like, that's going to look like shit. It didn't look as bad as I thought. Like, I don't know. Yeah. The throwback to me was like cool to see. Like through this lens, like when he's playing basketball with them, that's when it's coolest to me. When he's like making shots and like they're all dunking, I thought that was, I thought it was pretty sweet to look back and see it like that. I thought it held up better than I was expecting. If I'm being honest, there's there's definitely points where it doesn't look good, um, but overall, I think it it doesn't take you out of the movie. Like no, it's not, yeah, not not that jarring. The only time I would say it is jarring is when Newman gets flattened and then they blow him up. That was just this crude 3D fat air. That was so bad Newman that it model. made me laugh. It was so terrible that it just made me laugh. I, I thought one of the better ones was when uh, the Looney Tunes have to go get Michael Jordan's shoes and shorts, and they're talking to the kids. And like when uh, another good la- Daffy Duck moment when he has to, when he goes ends up in the doghouse instead of the actual house. But I thought that that looked like uh, more futuristic not futuristic but just more modern than any of the other scenes i agree that the 2d animation mixed with the live action and that looks pretty good except for the fact that 
when they're in the trophy room or whatever, and they open the door and the dog is there with the shorts in his mouth. Every time the dog is in the scene, he's like superimposed in or like like he's on a green screen and they just like shove the dog in there. The dog looks worse than the 2D Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck in those scenes. And it's that's the part that doesn't hold up for me. That scene in particular kind of confused me. Why did Michael Jordan have one shoe all the way up on like that trophy stand and the other one just like sitting on a table? I was like watching it. I was like, why the fuck? Like, doesn't make any sense. It felt like they just needed like a random scene to make it not an hour and five minutes. They're like, let's have uh, the Looney Tunes have to go back into the real world. Which is shortly after Michael Jordan just accepts that he's going to be. He, he comes to terms with the fact that he's in Looney Tune world pretty quickly. I think it's a short runtime. He could have added a few minutes of him completely losing his mind, trying to comprehend what drugs he took to the, where he believes he's now in Looney Tunes land. And that he was just sucked through a, a golf a golf hole there. Larry Bird and uh, Bill Murray, I love how unbothered they are, too, that like Michael just like disappeared down the, the hole. They're unbothered. His wife and kids spend an entire night not knowing where he is apparently i was hoping that the uh, last dance documentary would get into like the real world implications of when michael jordan went missing for 24 hours you know what i find really weird is that like his wife and kids are all actors not that they would get his real wife and kids to like be in the movie because like obviously none of them can act but just like strange and like why does like when they all the scenes in his house like you're telling me michael jordan just lives in like a random neighborhood where people are driving by hey michael like if michael jordan doesn't live in a house like that he lives in a fucking mansion with a giant security gate around it and an armed guard like like the way they painted his family and like his house i just thought was weird i was like this is this is stupid like there's no way that i'm supposed to think that he actually lives in a house like this well bob clearly you didn't write the review that i read because that that guy loves michael jordan's kids they're cute dude you 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 got that wrong (laughs) Michael Jordan not being able to act didn't stop them. They should have gotten Michael Jordan's kids too. They should have Isn't just that won weird all, though. All like, like here's my I'm, here, here's me acting with my fake family. Like it just that was just weird to me. So Ben, you you bring something up there that I want to touch on. Who thought it was a good idea for an athlete to make their acting debut in a movie where there's very few other human actors? He's basically on a green screen for more than half the movie talking to 2D animated objects that aren't there. I mean, that's difficult for any professional actor, let alone a basketball player. Dude, that's wild. I I love it so much. Like, you can tell clearly sometimes, like, he's barely making eye contact with the people. They had to, like, try to make it so he was looking at, at the different animated characters. But... I don't know. I thought he did pretty well for like never having acted. Obviously, he's not a good actor, but like if you threw me out there, I, I would not have been able to do that good. His scenes where he's talking with other humans, I don't think are like bad. Like I mean, for for like what he is, obviously, like that's not bad at all. And but but when you, when you see the scenes where he's interacting with the Looney Tunes, they're pretty cringy. But once again, yeah, Jerry, like you said, like that's a pretty tall task for even a seasoned actor. So the way he was able to just hop in. And, like, not make it horrible, I think is impressive. I feel like I should add, I don't necessarily think he was terrible. There's definitely some scenes that are worse than others. But whoever thought that that was a good enough idea that they committed to having Michael Jordan in this movie where he's acting against nobody. I don't know. Clearly a lot of drugs were being consumed during the pre-production of this movie. But I think Dennis Rodman came up with a lot of what uh, the movie would be, actually. 
Dennis Rodman was a silent writer on this film. <laughs> this is where the idea came from. Dennis, the mind of Dennis Rodman. <laughs> it might as well have been. Only person crazy enough that could come up with this on their own. Uh, I guess the last thing that stood out to me as being better than I remembered was the soundtrack for this movie. And I'm sure it's just pure nostalgia trip for me personally. But, I mean, is there a better soundtrack to a sports movie that you guys can think of? No, dude, I was going to bring that up, too. That soundtrack was amazing, and it obviously starts good with uh, I Believe I Can Fly, and I think it ends with that, too, right? And when he's getting yeah. off the spaceship, like, that's that's so cool. And uh, just all the old classic basketball songs, like, while he's playing, I, I think that was sweet. Yeah, I got a lot of these songs from when I rewatched it were, like, stuck in my head for the next day or two. Yeah, I'm still singing them in the shower. Um, so I guess we should also mention... Uh, I very quickly mentioned it earlier that the space jam remake officially has a title space jam a new legacy this is a remake coming out in 2021 starring lebron james assuming that he's just going to basically take over the michael jordan role who knows if they're going to follow the disney model of making a shot for shot remake of your 30 year old movie or if they're going to do something new about or new with it rather what do you guys what are your thoughts on them remaking it just in general and are you excited do you think space jam is too holy of a movie to touch ever again where do you kind of fall yeah i mean i think it could be good like i'm excited for it i don't think it's an untouchable movie like a lot of people feel i think when they redo it with lebron james i don't think there could have been a better player to pick to take over that role because obviously lebron james has been in movies before he's actually like not a terrible actor um, so I'm pretty excited for it, and I, I think it could be good. I, I mean, it, it'll just be it'll be interesting, like you said, if they do a shot-for-shot shot remake or if they make it its own story. I think judging by the title, it's going to be its own new story. If it was just Space Jam 2, I think it would have been more or less the same movie just with LeBron James, but I yeah, think I, the new title changes that. I agree with you, Bob. I don't want them to... Yeah, if they do a like a shot-for-shot shot remake, I think it'll suck. Like, they just need a better... A, like, a different storyline. Even one is crazy, just in a different path. But So, like, for me, LeBron James is my favorite player of all time. So, I'm excited to see it in that sense. And just... I think it introduces him, like... So, Michael Jordan was, like, so famous, but that introduced him to, like, us then. Like, a new generation of people. I think that'll do the same thing with, like, LeBron James... I think he's the same age. Like Michael Jordan was, I think thirty five when this, or thirty maybe thirty four. But they're right around the same age. LeBron's like the biggest name in athletics, like in the whole world, right? I, I would say he's the biggest athlete in the world. So I'd agree, yeah, yeah. So I just think like if you were gonna do it, you needed someone like LeBron. You can't do it with like I don't like Steph Kevin Curry, Durant. Think it, yeah, yeah, like Kevin Durant. It wouldn't I work. I agree, it wouldn't work. Like LeBron's like the biggest name almost in the world. So I, I think if you're gonna remake it that's the only way you could make it so they kind of got lucky that there wasn't a big enough name to do it but i, I will i will want to see this movie for sure i would spend the 20 dollars if it goes right to video on demand yeah for me i mean it, i just kind of had the same baseline thought for all remakes is that if it's just a shot for shot remake then i don't care i still haven't seen the new lion king i still haven't seen the new aladdin if they're going to make a new story i mean obviously it's going to be the biggest basketball player of modern times is playing basketball with the Looney Tunes. Sure, you can start with that same premise, but you got to do something different. If they're playing the Monstars and the Monstars steal five of the other biggest basketball players' powers, I'm not interested right there. 
Yeah, I, I, I almost have to think, where else can they go with it, though? Because I think you have to get other basketball players involved, and I wonder how they do that. Right, and luckily we're not tasked with writing it. I just hope that the four to ten people that they have writing this <laughs> this next movie, because apparently they need that many, they figure out some new way, new direction for the story to go. What do you think about the, the runtime on this one? Because obviously the first Space Jam is really short, and kids' movies are generally or generally pretty short. Like, do you think, but now the movies they make today, even the kids' movies they make today are long as fuck. They're all like two hours. Do you think this is going to be a long movie? Maybe Michael, gonna... uh, maybe LeBron James has to go to Moron Mountain and win someone back. Maybe they're playing on the away court this time. No home court advantage. <laughs> Damn, they should hire you to write the movie. That's a great idea. <laughs> maybe Anthony Davis is on uh, Moron Mountain and LeBron needs to win a championship. So he needs to go back uh, and win him back so he can have a shot at winning. Or LeBron goes to the Monstars and he joins the Monstars. <laughs> he joins the Monstars because they're unbeatable, so he wants to win another title. I like that one, too. Maybe uh, this takes place the day after the NBA shuts down for uh, coronavirus. LeBron says, all right, I'm going to take my talents to Moron Mountain. <laughs> yeah, no corona pandemic on uh, Moron Mountain, so I need to go there. I hope Danny DeVito's in it again. That'd be fun. Yeah. Now that, now that I know he was in the first one. And Bill Murray, just keep all the same. Maybe get Michael Jordan involved too somehow. Fuck. You know what? They should just do a shot for shot remake. The only other thing I wanted to mention as far as remakes go is that I don't know how big Looney Tunes were in 1996. I got to imagine they're not as big as they were now. Again, they may have only sort of been big in 96. I don't think that Looney Tunes is a a very heavily sought after uh, property in 2020. But to be fair, they also just announced that there's a new Looney Tunes show coming to HBO Max later this month. So will that bring Looney Tunes back into pop culture a little bit more and actually help uh, Space Jam a new legacy? Or does it not matter? Looney Tunes has cemented their place in pop culture. They've been around for 600 years or whatever. They just, they yeah, they need to do something. I think this works, like, playing off that, like, the new show and then the new movie. But... Give me more Daffy Duck. Give me a spin-off movie with Daffy Duck. I just need more of it. <laughs> you know, I think there's like 60 years worth of Daffy Duck cartoons if you're really that big of a fan. <laughs> Clearly I am, so I'll go back and watch all of it. All right. Uh, any final thoughts on Space Jam 1996 or the new movie? I just think that... I just I, I don't know. I don't know if, how coronavirus is going to affect this. I can't wait for it to come out. I'm pretty excited to see the new movie. Uh, it's just such a nostalgia trip to go back and watch the original Space Jam. So when I watched it, and then it turns out a few days later, it turns out they they released the title of the new Space Jam movie. I was like, oh, shoot. Like It, it got me very excited for it. So I'm excited. Can't wait. I think LeBron James is going to do a pretty good job in this movie, and I cannot wait to see what the plot is. I can't wait to see the acid trip that is this I, plot. That was, that's what I want to see. I hope it's completely different, but so crazy in the same way. My final note will just be a heads up. If this podcast made you want to go rewatch Space Jam and you think, oh, I just saw it on Netflix the other day. Uh, it turns out it's not on Netflix anymore. It hasn't, or it was removed from Netflix on Friday. If you could guess what day of the week Ben and I tried watching Space Jam, <laughs> it was Friday. So we had to bust out the old DVD copy. But that makes me think that it, it'll probably be on HBO Max later this month. So. If you don't have a DVD copy around and you can't get to your library to rent the VHS copy, then 
maybe wait till the end of the month and see if it's on HBO Max. Or hit up Bob because he has four copies of it. Yeah, not a problem, guys. But I do think it's worth rewatching. I enjoyed it. Again, probably having the least amount of nostalgia baked into it, I still thought it was enjoyable from beginning to end. So, With all that being said, we appreciate you listening to the second episode of the Big Movie Boys podcast. And remember, you had the special stuff inside you all along. We'll see you next week.